I think often we're like, you know, the things we're passionate about, we're trying to limit them, how much we talk about them because we don't want to annoy people and we know that not everyone is as excited about them as we are. But yeah, when someone gives you the space to like and encourages you to talk about that and is genuinely interested, I think that's great. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm one of your hosts, Femke. And I am your other host, Charlie. Today, we're going to talk about networking or an alternative approach to networking. Shall I just say that? Encouraging a deeper conversation with the people you meet and connecting on a level that's more than just the, so what do you do? And (laughs) talking about the weather and that sort of thing. So that's our topic for today, but first, let's have a catch up. It's been actually quite a while since we last recorded together, Fem, yeah. so how have you been going? How, how's things How's things with you? Well, my website is live, which whoop, whoop. for me is a big accomplishment. I'm really, uh, really It would happy. be for me too if mine was live. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, that's mostly what I've been focusing on is just getting that live. Uh, I... Actually, the community members in our community were really helpful because I put it live and then I I didn't want to like publicly say anything about it being live yet just in case there were some bugs or some nitpicks. So Mm -hmm. I shared it with our community in the feedback channel that we have asking for some feedback. And it was really helpful actually. Like some people noticed some weird quirky bugs that I had failed to see or didn't realize were there. So that was super helpful. And I fixed all the bugs now and so I'm kind of yeah, ready to sort of officially announce it. I haven't really officially said anything. I mean, if you listened to last week's episode, you would have heard that I was going to launch it, but I haven't really said on Twitter or anywhere anything that I have a new website. It's just kind of there quietly. But now that I've fixed the bugs, I think I'm ready to kind of, you know, put it out there and start sending emails again to my newsletter list because I had to take a bit of a hiatus while I had to switch email providers and I had to clean up my list a bit, little bit. So now I'm all good to go, which is really, really cool. And just because, you know, me and I'm curious, what email provider did you end up going with? Oh, good question. I ended up going with one called MailerLite. Oh, yeah. Which you, yeah, I mean, you probably have heard of it because you. I know all the email marketing softwares. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, Uh, yeah. So I decided to go with that one. In the end, I was like trying to decide between that one and Mailchimp. And honestly, I was looking for any excuse to not use Mailchimp. uh, And MailerLite seemed to like just be simple enough that it fitted perfectly to my needs. So I'm going with that for now, but I haven't sent any campaigns on it yet. So we'll see how that goes. But for now, it's it's working for me pretty well. And one of these days, I'll convince you to join ConvertKit. One of these days you will. <laughs> when I like finally sort of make money from my list and can afford to pay for email, then that will be the day. <laughs> yes, fair enough. So MailerLite is free, is it? Uh, it's free have? for the amount of subscribers I have. Nice. Okay, yeah. cool. That's, yeah. But good, anyway, yeah. <laughs> how how are you? How are you going? I'm going good. I've just come back from Epicurrence, which we talked about in you know a couple the past couple of episodes because it was something that I was speaking at. I presented a workshop about self promotion, which went really well. Some people said it was their favorite part, like a session they went to at the conference. So oh cool, that meant a lot to me. Obviously, uh, I don't think they were just saying that. I don't think they were just being nice. <laughs> so no, I think no, it was genuine. <laughs> I'm sure it was genuine. Yeah, uh, I also got to interview Dan Sederholm, the founder of Dribble, up on stage in front of everyone, which was Whoa. pretty damn cool. 
I got to judge a design competition with a bunch of other really talented designers, so that was cool too. Filmed a couple of videos with people, because this thing ended up being like, uh, it was like a design conference, but it also felt like the design version of VidCon at points, because there were uh-huh, so many uh-huh. design YouTubers there. It was so much fun to like, you know, see them all and be around content creators who make content about the types of things that I do, because it doesn't happen very often and in like, you know, the YouTube events I go to or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And actually, being at Epicurrence is what sparked the idea for today's topic, because it was a really unique conference in the way that they encouraged the connection between all the attendees. I'm sure you know from going to conferences before that sometimes it's really hard to go up and talk to people, right? Like, I don't know, people come with their workmates, and so they're already in a group or whatever, or just, I don't know, something about it just doesn't lend itself really to talking to people. Maybe you're better at this than me because I know you're more of an extrovert, but I often end up in the breaks at, you know, big conferences or whatever, just on my phone, eating the food, having a drink of tea or whatever. Like I'm not walking up to people and attempting to join a conversation a lot of the time just because it's just in that too awkward, too weird, too hard basket. (laughs) (laughs) But this conference was different in that they really, they did a lot of things to encourage that connection and encourage everyone to feel comfortable with each other. Uh, and that's what I want to share today, I guess. Are you ready to get into it? Like, I yes. feel like I just started rolling right in. <laughs> no, please please keep going because I, I'm really curious to hear more. I've heard from different sources and, you know, read different materials about like tips and advice for networking and like how to approach a random at a conference. And it all kind of sounds good in principle, but when you're in the moment and in the situation and you're standing there in the corner with your tea and a cookie, uh, it's really hard to sort of just randomly approach someone and start a conversation. And I felt this too, like I've attended conferences and meetups actually often I tend by myself and I always go with the intention of like, okay, you know, I'm going to make the most of of the networking opportunity because, you know, they always uh, add in a break or whatever to give you this networking opportunity. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to make the most of this and and meet someone. And it depends on my mood. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like you and I just prefer to just stand in the corner that day. And, you know, then I feel like I get home afterwards and I feel like, man, I really should have like said at least something to someone or put in a little bit more effort or tried a little bit harder. So I'm keen to hear like what what you're going to share with us and what you learned at Epicurrence about this. So please go on. I've just checked as well and it was episode 107 was the like advice for networking episode we did where we went into the basics and like you know our experience with networking that sort of thing. Uh Um, So yeah this time I want to share that deeper level that we're able to meet. So Um, here's what happened is on the first night of the conference, they introduced this idea of the trust tree or the nest is what they called it, where basically everything that gets said at Epicurrence on, you know, on stage or whatever, if someone's like, Hey, trust tree, that means they're going to say something that they don't want to leave this setting, you know? And so obviously because of that, there's a lot of details that I'm not going to be able to give, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you the general, like, you know, state of things. So... On the first night, Trav and Los, who have a podcast, uh, Travis Nilsson's from Dev Tips. Some of you might have heard him before listening, but yeah, they were on stage and brought up some spotlight speakers. So before the event, they'd put some prompts into the Slack channel that we had for Winter Work Week Epicurrence. That's what the name of it was. Um, with things like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? How did you find your mentor? 
Tell us about a moment when your lens changed, like, and you started to view the world differently. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so people submitted stories that, you know, fit with those things. And then they invited a couple of people up on stage, you know, they handpicked some stories for people to come up and share and be what they called spotlight speakers. And these stories were amazing, like, not what I was expecting to hear in many cases, and just the people on stage really opened up. And, you know, I thanked them afterwards because them opening up on stage and and being brave enough to do that set this tone for the whole conference that hey this is a place where we can be open and we can be honest with each other and we can share like you know sometimes difficult things and it's okay that's that's just how things go here and it just yeah it set this tone that hey epicurrence is about more than just connecting on that surface level and talking about where you work and talking about if you sketch or photoshop you know that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um Also what they did was gave us a series of prompts, prompt questions that we could ask people. And they had us practice in a way after the spotlight speakers session. Oh, how how so? Um, Well, they made us go find a stranger in the room, which was easy because it was the first night. So I knew hardly anybody there. (laughs) And we had to pick one of the questions and ask them, ask each other, you know, and it just... Yeah, mine kicked off this, like, you know, conference friendship with this girl called Kayla, who I then, like, would have lunch with another day. And, you know, one day we wore the same sweater and we took, like, a, oh, we're twinsies photo together, (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, It was a really cool way to kick it off. And, yeah, just setting that tone for the conference was amazing. And it made me realize how much I've been missing that, I suppose, in other conferences. And perhaps that's why networking in general is difficult for me is because it is usually about that surface level conversation you know have you ever been to a conference where it's it's gone deeper than that well I this actually reminds me a little bit of the Sean West conference because good point I remember that during the break or the networking sessions there up on the screen were some like prompt questions I don't know if you remember that but I do remember that yeah I remember that there were some questions on the screen and they would sort of rotate every now and then and you know it was it was optional obviously you didn't have to use that question to ask ask it to someone but it was nice that it was there because it kind of sent like it kind of set like a, you know, a baseline and gave you a prompt if, if you were feeling nervous or introvert or whatever, but but had that desire to speak to someone, you could kind of fall back to that and use that question to start a conversation with someone. Yes, I think conferences like the Sean Wiz conference and Epicurrence with these prompts like totally cater to introverts in giving you something to ask, <laughs> but also in making it okay and like setting the scene that hey expect that people are going to be using this you know so no one's going to laugh at you if you come up to someone and one of the prompts that I've just pulled up the page that they sent them was uh like if your job didn't exist what would you be doing or hey what kind of things make you really happy or what can you not stop talking about at the moment Mm -hmm. that sort of thing would you ask those questions to someone like at a completely different event where this sort of context wasn't set. Like, I'm just wondering if there's a difference where, like, in in, in Epicurrence's example, like, everyone knows that those prompts are there and can kind of use mm-hmm. them, uh, and it, you know, is a nice way to break the ice. But if you're at a different event where that's not kind of set and you just randomly ask someone, you know, this sort of deep and meaningful question, like, w- would you do that? Or d- does that feel weird to you if you were to do that? that feels weird to me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, talking to anyone in general is difficult for me. So (laughs) asking like a deep question, well, obviously, except people I know and love, you know, talking to strangers, let's say that, talking to strangers is difficult for me. Uh, Yeah. 
asking this strange deep question at an event where that's not expected super weird i i don't know how to get around that and that's what i want to talk about today and figure out some ways that we can encourage this level even if the conference itself or the meetup itself or whatever is not encouraging that because Mm -hmm. i'm yeah just the people that i made at epicurrence and the conversations that i had so much more valuable than for example the ones i had at smashing conf when i went to that last year as my like chosen conference of the year because that was more about focused on the learning and the speakers on stage and yeah I found people to have lunch with and stuff which was great because you know it's awkward to be alone as well <laughs> so <laughs> basically my life is just one big awkward but yeah things just didn't hit that level and I really want to become the type of person who can take them to that level in a way that doesn't feel weird or awkward like that is a skill that I want to learn. So how would you take this sort of learning or, or experience that you've had at Epicurrents and implement that in future conferences or, or meetups that you go to? Because I try to do this, like I often, for me, it's not that I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I was at a workshop recently and there was a girl sitting next to me and I genuinely wanted to talk to her. Like I was curious and wanted to know like, oh, I wonder what this girl does. And like, does she live in London or like, why is she here at this workshop? What is she wanting to get out of it? But I just didn't know how to start that conversation without it being the cliche. Like, so what do you do? Like, you know, how do you kick off a interesting conversation or an interesting discussion with someone? I want to bring in something that one of our community members said here. I know we normally like wait till the end for this section of the show if we were organized, but yeah, I think that this is really relevant. So we asked our community uh, what they thought about on this and like if they go with the default, what do you do? What do they think about that? And, you know, basically everything I was just saying just before. (laughs) And Isan replied with what I think is a really good one. Uh, He said, a great one I picked up from my business coach at an event last year was, what brings you here today? It's great because it's so open-ended and it allows the other person to steer the conversation towards whatever they feel naturally inclined to talk about at the moment. I love that. Mm. And I think that that in your situation with this girl you're sitting next to would have been perfect because... You know, you could have found out that, oh, you know, I'm a student, I'm learning and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you just say, what do you do? It could be like, oh, yeah, I'm a designer. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the end of it. Cool. Me too. (laughs) Or like if you're a student, then they might feel imposter syndrome from asking that or something, you know. Uh, So I think that's a really great question. And that is one that I want to try out the next time I go to an event, you know, because then you're going to hear... If it's a meetup and there's someone speaking, maybe they'll talk about, oh, I'm really excited to like hear this person speak. That's what made me come along. And you can, that, that gives you an avenue. Oh, why, why is this person your favorite? Like, how did you hear about them and talk about all that sort of thing? Yeah, I really like this one because it's pretty open-ended and everyone has an answer, right? Like there's always a reason why you're here or at this thing that you're both yeah. at. Oh, it was an accident. <laughs> I just stole a ticket. <laughs> yeah, I just showed up. <laughs> Um, And I also like that it's a sort of lighthearted question. Like I've heard in the past some suggestions and and a few of our members kind of touched on these as well around questions like, you know, what's your passion or or what do you do outside of work or what drives you? And I think those are really interesting questions and, and I would definitely be interested in the answer of those. But sometimes I feel like those are such like deep questions to to lead a conversation with like I don't know I would feel really weird to go up to a stranger and be like hey what's your passion you know like it's kind of a a big question and if someone came up and asked me that I would also feel a bit like whoa whoa uh 
well, where do I begin or how do I come to answer this? So I, I think Isan's suggestion of like, you know, what brought you here is a really nice, lighthearted sort of stepping stone question that could go in any direction, really. Yeah, Nooker as well had that same feeling as you about like, you know, getting deep too quickly. Uh, she said, I think the what do you do question is a pretty good starter, but to encourage deeper conversation, it's always interesting to follow with the why or how. Um, for me, conversation is not so much the hard part, but it's that first moment before you start talking to yeah. them. So yeah, that like, how do you start this conversation off? So maybe what do you do isn't a terrible way to like just make the connection. But um, yeah, I, I like the what brought you here today better. Something I find myself doing as well is asking people like, oh, so what did you think of that last talk? You know, uh, again, that's that's another way to talk to someone without immediately asking what they do. It was the crazy thing at Epicurrence is that you'd get halfway through a conversation with someone before you'd even find out what they did. And like there were some people that I'd been mm. talking to a while. And then I I filmed a video at Epicurrence asking people for a piece of advice for young designers. I think I did something similar at the Sean Wiz conference where I asked attendees. Um, what, what was the question I asked them? I think something they wish they knew when they were starting out. So this is similar but more focused on design because it was designers there. And so I get people to say their piece of advice and then I get them to say who they are and what they do. And for some of them, I didn't find out where they worked until they were saying that to my camera. Like one girl was like, and I'm a product designer at Twitter. I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. We're having like great conversations all night, you know. Um, what I also like about this is that it stops me from, I don't know, prejudging or whatever where someone works. I never intend to be a judgy person, but I think naturally you're going to be more interested when mm. someone says the name of a company that you know as well, you know? And so there's that bias there when, when they say where they work. And so I like that trying to avoid that. Um, not that it's bad to know it, just, you know, you can get to know people in other ways. Yeah, it's always really hard. I, I want to read out what Corey said, and this also kind of touches on what I was saying before. And he said, I often start with, you know, what are you working on these days? I, I think we've all tried to use that one before. Uh, he says, it's pretty open-ended, allows for people to get as deep as they're comfortable with. I used to do versions of what's your passion or what drives you, but found that a lot of people I had just met would be really hesitant to dive in that deep that quickly. So, yeah, yep. it, it is kind of you kind of got to find that balance of like what's an open ended question that like can encourage them to talk about something they're interested in, but isn't too like deep and meaningful or overwhelming as a sort of conversation starter. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, I like as much as I would like to just for everyone to get deep straight away, like you do have to get comfortable with the person first. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so perhaps it's yeah, that open-ended like what are you working on what brought you here today type of question to start with and I definitely prefer what are you working on to where do you work or like what do you do because I, th I think it is quite different um, it allows people to talk about a project or you know something they're learning or something like that before moving on to something else another great question that I was asked the other day is when I hung out with uh, Pat Flynn and Caleb Waldrick we filmed in Pat's studio and that video is up now I'll link it in the show notes Ooh, I'm really cool. yeah really happy we got to film there I, I got to talk to Pat about designer client relationship and give his advice from the client's perspective which I haven't you know, shared before on my channel so yeah. yeah that was good anyway we went to lunch after we filmed and Caleb asked me what are you excited about these days and I was like oh good question what am I excited about mm. and it gave me space to like it, I talked about travel I talked about like how this year I'm 
trying to like limit the number of projects that I do and I've picked like a few certain areas to focus on like I want my website speaking and again getting a digital product out the door is my focuses for the year so you know I got to talk about how I was excited about that it just like sparked off quite a conversation because it's such an open-ended question right and people love talking about things they're excited about especially if someone else is you know encouraging them to do that I think often we're like you know, the things we're passionate about, we're trying to limit the, how much we talk about them because we don't mm-hmm. want to annoy people. Uh-huh, and we know that uh-huh. not everyone is as excited about them as we are. But yeah, when someone gives you the space to like and encourages you to talk about that and is genuinely interested, I think that's great. Yeah, and there's a big difference. Like on the surface, they kind of sound the same. The question of what are you working on and, and what are you excited about? But they're actually quite different because I yeah. always feel a bit uh, cautious, I guess, of asking someone what you're working on because it kind of implies that they're working on something or that they have to have Ooh, some yeah. kind of side project or something interesting to talk about. Uh, and I like the what are you excited about question because it opens it up to more than just talking about work. Like you said, you talked about travel, you know, mm. like that's not work related and that wouldn't have come up if someone was only asking you questions about your work. But it's still a super interesting part of the conversation. So I, I like that sort of more open-endedness of, of what are you excited about. Uh, and again, I think that's something that you can't really ask straight away, maybe. Unless you're a super confident person who's like really yeah. good at making people feel at ease. But I feel like my just general social anxiety and nerves does not put people at ease. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the second or third question. <laughs> what about in the situation where it's kind of obvious that there's no connection with right. you and the person? Ooh, like, yeah, you got to make the exit. <laughs> yeah, like, like Catherine said, uh, digging a little deeper, you get to know people so much better, although not everyone is comfortable sharing all that much with people they just met. If the answers are short or very general, I usually try and find a topic that's suited for small talk like pets or the weather, lol. <laughs> so yep, what, what do you do in this kind of situation where it's clear that the person is just not either not interested or or whatever for whatever reason just isn't very conversational yeah or just you can tell isn't really interested in in getting to know you on that level either um in which case I feel like it's like okay well I mean what are we what are either of us getting out of this conversation and it's okay we tried and you know we can end it now uh I would love to be the type of person who is good at making like a graceful exit from conversations but I find (laughs) I often get stuck in conversations at meetups or whatever that where I'm like oh dear <laughs> I don't know how to get out of this I guess we're just going to keep talking about the weather for 20 minutes until the break's over yeah um or like until I finish my drink and I can have an excuse to go get another one <laughs> yeah yeah but that, that generally exit of like oh I'm just gonna yeah. go grab another drink or I'm just gonna go to the bathroom and then you like yeah just leave. yeah <laughs> or like oh I see my friend over there <laughs> yeah yeah, I try and not be obvious about it, I guess, but I, I think I've done a non-graceful exit at some points in my time. I don't know. In this situation, it's tough because you're wasting, like I said, both of your time if neither of you are really interested in the conversation. And it's just like social convention that's keeping you talking. Yeah. But also you don't want to be rude and, and hurt someone's feelings or, you know, just make things even more awkward than they already are. So, yeah, trying to find a way to gracefully exit or perhaps loop someone else into the conversation and then there's I don't know a hope of getting something else out of it because there's a new person in there I guess um and I generally just will try and not sit next to that person at the next like break (laughs) or you know during the next talk or whatever (laughs) fair yeah I really struggle with the silences like if there's if I ask them a question or something then they answer and or sort of you know the conversation 
kind of naturally ends or there's a pause and there's a silence and in that moment I'm like frantically thinking like okay what could I ask them next like what should I ask Mm. them Mm, looking around where can I get inspiration of what to ask them or or what to say next and in that moment I'm also kind of hoping that like they will say something like okay I've asked you the question like yeah help (laughs) me out here now now it's your turn to like maybe are you interested in me like do you want to ask me something or is how one way is this conversation going uh, and that can be hard for me when, especially like if you're kind of stuck with that person and like maybe you can't exit, like you, mm-hmm. you're there together for this period of time and they're just not being very reciprocative. Is, is that the right word? Reciprocating. So. Um, yeah, that's where I sometimes struggle and I'm like just frantically digging deep, trying to think of any question I could ask them to to break the silence. That's hard for me. Yeah, same. I try to have a few questions lined up in my brain, like before I go to a meetup of something, you know, relevant to the topic or perhaps during the talk, I'll be like, oh, I'm, you know, that speaker posed a question to us, the audience. And now that's something that I could talk about later to someone because I am like always looking for ways out of that social anxiety, you know, Uh (laughs) how it goes. Yeah, Ah, that's that's tough. The silence is tough and it feels like when it happens, it just goes on for longer and longer and gets more and more awkward. And yeah, I hate those moments. I hate them with a passion. But I feel like <laughs> part of networking and part of this and like part of why I am trying to go to this deeper level with people is because I want to find the right people to talk to, right? I want to find my people, the people who are interested in, you know, talking about what they're excited about and who are interested in having a conversation and making a connection with someone rather than like, Making like a personal connection, I think mm-hmm, I mean, rather mm-hmm. than like a business connection where it's like, oh, have my business card. Let's if, hit me up if you need some printing or whatever. I just really want to find those people. And I think that this is a good way to weed out almost the people who aren't interested in that. Because if it is awkward or if they're not interested in the conversation, at least I know, right? At least I know I shouldn't really bother to follow up with this person because they're not interested Let's talk about following up for a second. Like, let's Ooh, say okay. that you meet someone at this event or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what do you do? Like, if you have a good connection, how do you try and stay in touch with that person? Do you, I don't know, get each other's email addresses? Do you do it the old-fashioned way and exchange business cards? What's kind of your strategy for sort of making sure that the friendship lasts beyond this sort of fleeting uh encounter at the event i'm all about the twitters yeah. i always will find people on twitter um be like oh so what's your twitter username or whatever when it feels natural in the conversation if i know i want to follow them and if i've been interested there's been some awkward moments for sure when people have like i don't know someone that i don't feel really a connection with and it sounds like dating really but i guess it is <laughs> like in a way <laughs> And, and they've like been like, oh, let's follow each other on Twitter. And I'm like, yeah, following them, knowing full well that later on I'm going to unfollow because they only tweet about like, I don't know, boats or something. <laughs> I, I don't know why that's the first thing that came to my head. <laughs> but yeah, always is Twitter is what I go to. Um, you know me in email. I'm not very good at emailing. And I just think that, I don't know, I'd rather have them as part of my Twitter feed if I've enjoyed having a conversation with them in person then for sure. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, someone I want to chat with more online. And Twitter is where I do my online chatting. Yeah, most people, unfortunately for me, want to connect on LinkedIn. Oh. Every time they're like, oh, so what's your LinkedIn? Are you on LinkedIn? I have this like internal sigh. I'm like, oh, so you're not a Twitter person. Like, it's, I don't know, this is going to sound really bad, but as soon as like 
they mention LinkedIn or I find out that they're not on Twitter, internally I'm kind of like, okay, well, we're never really going to be friends. Because- oh my God, Pam, I do the same <laughs> thing with, when someone's like, I oh, know I don't use Twitter or they're like, oh, I'm only on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, we're not if they're on Instagram, I'm, I'm good with that. But yeah. <laughs> it sounds horrible. I, I feel horrible saying it, but I just don't know how I'm supposed to connect with you or like form a relationship or a friendship with you if our if we're only connected on LinkedIn, like, I don't know. To me, that's yeah, just does weird. LinkedIn, like, do people post statuses like they do on Twitter? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. And I've had a few people uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Is that how you say it? I guess when you follow someone, I don't even know. This is how yeah, bad I, I, I think am. that is what it's called. Uh, so I've had a few people try to connect with me on LinkedIn after an event, and they often include like a you can include a message when you add or connect with someone and sometimes I've had that where people have been like hey fam can meet you at this event just wanted to you know keep in touch or establish a a connection which I think is nice like I mean I wouldn't have made the connection otherwise that that person was the person at the event because you know I probably forgot their name or something so I think it's nice that they at least include that little context so I can make that uh, distinction in my head but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, this is a nice gesture. But I mean, you know, LinkedIn isn't really a place where we're going to form a deep friendship and have interesting discussions with each other. So, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to get to know someone if they're not around, right? And that's what I think. Right. If someone hangs out on a social network or whatever, and they don't have the same method of communication as you do, you, you're going to have to really, really try to talk to them and to get to know them like it's not going to be easy like that has to be a connection that you are like so excited about that you're willing to go out of your way and out of your normal platforms you know to to talk to them and and to develop that that relationship and so I don't I think it's perfectly valid that we have that reaction when people you know aren't our people basically (laughs) oh yeah it's it's, it's such a bummer sometimes because I'm like, oh, you're such a cool person and I really want to keep in touch with you. But if I don't know. Just how's it going to happen? Yeah. How's it going to happen if like LinkedIn is our only connection? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like listeners, if, if you have managed to form, you know, friendships or, or deep connections with people via LinkedIn, uh, teach me your ways because I have no idea how that can happen. <laughs> so perplexed. Yeah, same. Um, I want to go just backwards a little bit. I'm just looking through our listener uh, feedback or wait, responses. Is that the word? I think that's a better word. Yeah. And I think this is a piece of advice we can give perhaps to end on because I think we're nearing that time. From Catherine, as she says, I notoriously open with what do you do? And then she did like the emoji with the tongue sticking out. (laughs) She says, but a nice follow up is do you enjoy it? Or why do you or don't you like it? What would you do if you weren't doing that? Mm. So she's given some ways that you can very quickly take that what do you do question and move on to a deeper level, which I really like. And I think is a more natural way of doing it than, you know, opening up with a um here's another example from epicurans what's one aspect of yourself you definitely get from your parents i mean people are gonna laugh in your face if you try and say that but that's a really interesting thing to talk about just not a first contact type of question yeah and i think it's also like just as a general tip starting your questions with words like why or what and and not just do you so like the question like do you like what you do is a very yes or no kind of answer whereas if you ask like why do you like it or or what do you not like about it or kind of giving opening up the floor or the room for them to you know 
give some more context to their answer. I think that's also like something that I try to do and not just ask these closed sort of questions. Totally. I think that those open questions, like Corey said, give space for people to get as deep as you as they want to. And I think it also subtly lets them know, hey, I'm someone who wants to have an actual conversation here and not just talk about the weather. So if you're into that too, let's talk. But without <laughs> actually saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All in all, I'm looking forward to working on this and becoming more of like a, a conversationalist, I suppose. So if any of you listening ever see me at an event or whatever, uh, we're in the same place, please feel free to come up to me and ask me a really weird, deep question straight <laughs> off the bat. Like, maybe first tell me that you're a Design Life listener so I'm not, like, creeped out. But, yeah, yeah if you come up to me and, and wanted to ask me what I'm excited about, if my job didn't exist, what would I be doing, etc., I'm so on board for that. So, yeah, let's take things to the steep level and really get to know each other better. And my main takeaway from this episode, I think, is Isan's suggestion of asking what brings you here today. That's going to be my go-to question going forward, I think. So thank you, Isan, for sharing that. Yeah, I think it's a really, really good one. I like it and I want to try it as well. I'm actually like now I'm like, oh, when's the next meetup? When's the next conference? So I can, so I can like, try use all this, this stuff out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to forget like how much I want to do this, you know, because I think when I get to an event sometimes... I'm like, it's okay. I don't need to connect with people at this one. I can just listen to the talks because the fear takes over. Mm. You know, that that little introvert, socially anxious brain of mine takes over and, I don't know, tells me that it's it's all right. I've got enough friends. <laughs> but there's always room for more interesting people in your life and, you know, to have more interesting conversations. So, yep, want to push myself. And if you are in that same boat, I want you to push yourself too. Yeah, you never know who might be sitting next to you, right? It's super exactly. interesting. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to a wrap for this episode. Charlie, where can people go to find more of these very interesting and insightful episodes? You can head to designlife.fm and listen to all of our episodes there. This is number 116. So we have a lot, a lot there in that back catalog for you to listen to. You can also find us in whatever podcast app you use. Just search for Design Life and wear that purple icon. <laughs> And we're also on Twitter at DesignLifeFM. If you have a request for a future episode or a topic or something you'd like us to discuss on the show, just send us a tweet, let us know, and we'll consider it for a future episode. Yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for listening, everyone, and good to chat with him. Yeah, catch you next week. Bye. See ya. See ya.